Hello, viewers. Once again, it's me, Oedewa Nomer, and this is my channel, It Pays to Fear God. This is where we learn about God, His beloved Son, Jesus Christ, and their kingdom purpose, the three most important subjects that we can ever learn about, talk about, or discuss in the entire Holy Bible, according to John chapter 17, verse 3. The subjects that we are going to be learning about today is captioned Lazarus and the Rich Man. However, before we get into that, while the tune's playing, please shout to subscribe and click the notification bell to be notified when we make our next uploads. Once again, the subject that we are going to learn about today is captioned Lazarus and the Rich Man, and I will be inviting my brother to come tell us some more things about that. Hello. Lazarus and the Rich Man is one of the most popular parables of Jesus. But a lot of myths have been going around about this parable, and it is important that we understand the truth about this story because there are a lot of lessons that we can learn from the actions of these two men. Now, of course, before we can talk about this parable, we have to know what the parable is about. In Luke chapter 16, verses 19 to 31, Jesus told the story of two men, a rich man and a poor man named Lazarus. The rich man got to eat lavishly all kinds of foods on his table while Lazarus could only settle for the scraps that fell from his table, and his sores were licked by dogs. However, eventually, the two men died. The rich man ended up in hell, and Lazarus ended up in Abraham's bosom. And the rich man asked Abraham if Lazarus could dip his finger in water and come over to him so that his tongue could be quenched because he was being bathed in fire. But Abraham told him that there was this huge gulf between them that prevented Lazarus from coming over. And then the rich man asked if Lazarus could be sent to his brothers so that they could be warned about what would happen if they didn't serve God correctly. And Abraham told the rich man, that they had Moses and the prophets so they could listen to them. And after the rich man insisted that Lazarus would need to come over because they wouldn't listen to Moses and the prophets, Abraham said that if they wouldn't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they wouldn't listen to Lazarus, even if he came from the dead. So this parable is pretty packed in meaning. 
and, he, and it is easy for people to mess up. For example, some people think that the story can be used to explain the existence of a heaven that all righteous people will go to and a fiery hell. But in John chapter 3, verse 13, Jesus said, And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. Jesus said this knowing that no one had ever gone to heaven before him. It just wasn't a place for humans. And it was he only came down to earth so that he could perform the ransom sacrifice. So Abraham clearly had not gone into heaven heaven, and therefore neither could Lazarus. And for the rich man, nobody can talk in hell. So therefore, the rich man couldn't have asked Lazarus for anything. Because as Ecclesiastes chapter 9 verse 5 says, And the living know that they shall die, but the dead know not anything. Neither have they any more reward, for their memory of them is forgotten. Dead people can't speak, think, or anything. So that just rules out the idea of uh, some fiery hell or some heaven that every righteous person will go to. Even if Lazarus and the rich man did exist, the only place they would be going to is the grave. So therefore, this story has a spiritual meaning. None of these characters, aside from Abraham, actually existed. And even Abraham wasn't used to represent the historical figure, it was used to represent an idea. And in this sermon, I will explain the various ideas of this parable and show you just what this parable exactly means. First, let's start by examining the rich man. Who does the rich man represent? Well, the rich man represents the religious leaders that are all over the place in this world. And the reason why they're represented by this man is because they are rich, both physically and spiritually. They are spiritually rich because, of course, they are the ones with all the knowledge of the Bible, according to Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 1 to 4, which describes them as shepherds that aren't taking good care of their flocks. Rather, instead of feeding the sheep, they are feeding themselves. They are taking the knowledge of God, reading it, understanding it, and then giving their people lies. And therefore, the sheep are scattered everywhere, according to verses 5 and 6. And worse, they are described as sheep themselves in Ezekiel chapter 34, verses 18 and 19. And they are just as me. They eat clean grass, but then they muddy the rest up with their feet so that other sheep have to eat that grass that they have soiled. And this represents the fact that all these lies that they end up teaching their followers, not the truth, is soiling the truth. And therefore, their followers have to eat all this gunk that they are serving. And of course, many of these spiritual leaders are also physically rich which is why they're able to expand their churches and build humongous ones, fly private jets, and build schools and hospitals, according to Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 27 to 31. They're just amassing humongous wealth from all their followers 
who are giving tithes and offerings. And obviously, all this money can easily lead to greed, which was what Jesus Christ criticized the Pharisees for in Matthew chapter 23, verses 16 to 24. He said that they were wrong for insisting that people should swear by the gold in the temple instead of by the temple and by the gift on the altar instead of on the gift because that showed that all they cared about was the money when in reality it was the altar and the temple that were making things holy. And he went on to say in verse 23 that they could tithe all sorts of different plants but they missed out huge parts of the law, judgment, mercy, faith. And in verse 24, he said, Ye blind guides, which strain at a gnat, but swallow a camel. They de dealt with the littlest, most insignificant things when it came to money. Who would be the treasurer, whether someone has been paying less tithes than another, but they wouldn't even teach basic truths that would really help their followers' lives. And notice that word in verse 24, blind. These people are blind because they don't know what they're getting into. Let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And what makes these religious leaders even more blind is that they don't even know it. They think that they're fine, that they're okay, and that is a problem according to John chapter 9, verse 41. Because it is only people who accept the fact that they're ignorant about God in the grand scheme of things, that there is a lot that they can know who will be saved, according to Matthew chapter 5, verses 3 and 6. Now, let's go into the other protagonist of this story, Lazarus. Who is he? Well, Lazarus represents the children of God, also talked about in that Ezekiel chapter 34. In verses 5 and 6, it is stated that these sheep have been scattered because of the carelessness of the shepherds. Potential children of God don't have the truth because they're only fed lies and they don't know where else to go. And so they just end up accepting them, just end up leaving the faith entirely for other religions or atheism. God considers this scattering because he wants everyone who is for him to be gathered for him. But as verses 11 and to 16 show, he is going to fix things. He is going to bring his sheep back together and he is going to feed them, unlike their previous shepherds. And God definitely has the power to lift people up out of various situations. According to 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8, which reads, He raiseth up the poor out of the dust, and lifteth up the beggar from the dunghill, to set them among princes, and to make them inherit the throne of glory. For the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and he hath set the world upon them. Now, let's go into where these two men ended up. They died, obviously, but this isn't a physical death. Rather, it represents the fact that death is a change of condition, both literally 
because you were alive and then you are no more alive, but also figuratively, because Lazarus and the rich man the, and the people they represent both changed. Lazarus, the people of God, used to be oppressed by the religious leaders, giving lies instead of the truth, but now they have freedom because the word of God is being preached all over the world. The truth, according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. This is a powerful word, according to Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And this word can truly set people free, according to that famous John chapter 8, verse 32. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Why will the truth make you free? That's where Abraham's bosom comes in. Abraham's bosom is the side of the Lord's favor. And the reason why Lazarus ended up there is because God loves people who worship him, according to Exodus chapter 20, verse 6. And he will save those that he loves, according to Isaiah chapter 63, verses 7 to 9. However, the fate of those who don't worship him, those religious leaders and those who follow him will not be admirable at all. They will suffer according to Zechariah chapter 13 verses 4 to 6 and they will be utterly destroyed, those religious leaders, according to Isaiah chapter 29 verse 19. Now, we've talked about who Lazarus and the rich man are and where exactly they ended up. But what about that gulf separating them? Well, that gulf represents the fact that the ideas of the people of God and the religious leaders are completely different. Those same teachers would want to downplay that fact, according to Ezekiel chapter 13, verse 6, but we have to understand we are children of the day and not of the night, according to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5. Therefore, we not only have to avoid evil, according to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 3 to 12. There you can find all sorts of evils that we must try to stay away from. But we also have to avoid people who do evil things, regardless of how friendly we might be with them. According to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, and 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 11. Finally, before I conclude, I want to talk about the final part of the parable. Luke chapter 16, verses 27 to 31, where the rich man asked Abraham if Lazarus can be sent to his brothers, to warn them about where they might end up, Abraham said that they should just listen to Moses and the prophets. But after the rich man insisted that Lazarus should go down there, Abraham told the rich man that if they couldn't listen to Moses and the prophets, then they wouldn't listen to someone who came from the dead. And this represents how hard it is for wicked people, for people who don't believe in God, 
to understand the teachings of God. Once again, we can learn from what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 23, this time from verses 29 to 39, where he told the Pharisees that even though they took care of the tombs of the prophets and they said that they wouldn't kill the prophets if they lived in the time of their ancestors, they would have committed the same mistakes because they didn't listen to him. They were going to kill him, the ultimate prophet. They just couldn't understand him. Even though he was prophesied in all of the writings they studied for years, they just couldn't understand, according to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. What's even sadder, though, is that the people are even worse. The people that they are teaching. Even if they could hear the truth, a lot of those people won't want to hear it, according to Ezekiel chapter 30, verses 8 to 10. They would prefer the lies of the prophets. And therefore, that is why there are so many false prophets in this world, according to Matthew chapter 24, verse 11. Because the people want to hear something, and therefore these prophets are giving them what they want to hear, so then more of them can come and fill the demand. And therefore, as Ezekiel chapter 33 verses 1 to 9 says, just like if a watchman fails to warn his people about an army coming to destroy them, and God sent that army, he would not only punish the people because they were sinners, but he would also punish the watchman for failing to warn them. In conclusion, now that we understand what this parable means, it is important that we take this knowledge and use it to improve our faith. Because eventually, we will have to come to a point in our lives where we ask ourselves, do we want to be like Lazarus or do we want to be like the rich man? And that is the end of my talk on Lazarus and the rich man. Thank you for listening. So, my viewers, that is some information on Lazarus and the rich man. We have to understand the rules. The story isn't supporting us going to heaven. The, the story isn't supporting us going to hell if we are wicked. But rather, it is supporting the fact that there is a big gulf between people who are righteous and people who are wicked. There is a big gulf between the churches, generally what is happening to them, and righteous ones of God who are just cruising along. The Bible has told us that the churches, not the buildings, but generally the idea that drives the churches, make the churches at the time what they were, is going to be taken out of them. And if we don't want to be a part of the calamities, the fire that they're going to be in, spiritually, not physically, we have to escape, remove our minds from such ideas. If we read Revelation chapter 18 from verses 2 to 4, sticking with the laws of God, not clinging unto such institutions, which not just in the Bible, but in reality, we can already see are starting to fail. If we decide to cling on to such institutions, we are like men wandering out of the way of understanding people who don't understand the laws of God and are going to the congregation of the dead. People who don't really understand the Bible, but are just wanting to make money off it. If you read Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16. 
It's very important that we keep this in mind. To conclude this episode, I once again have a tune that some of us might enjoy. Hope you enjoyed this video, hope you learned something most importantly, please try to subscribe, share this video, and if you have any questions about this parable, some of the interpretations that I might have, please try to drop them in the comments and we will try to be as updated and frequent as possible. Because the story is a very famous one, people have their own ideas of what it is, but my advice to you is to look at the actual Bible and try to use and sweep the Bible to understand that parable because the meaning of it is indeed very significant to our future in these last days. Thank you for listening. Oh, one more thing. If you like what you heard today, feel free to share a message at https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Once again, that's https colon double slash anchor.fm slash it pays to fear God slash message. Hope to hear your wonderful feedback.